Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Ben. My name is Noel. And today we are joined, as always, with our super producer, Casey LaBouche-Pegram. Give it up for him, folks. I, I just did a weird thing, Ben. I said my name the way I say it on our other show, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know, because you didn't start off with a pithy little scene like you usually do. That's right. It yeah. threw me. Ah, yes. Well, uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, it's a different recording time for us, you know. We've been doing a lot of weird scheduling shuffling and like I'm I'm not in my uh I'm not in my afternoon bin yet. You're not in your history zone? Not 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 quite, not quite, but uh we're in a bit of a spooky zone and we're talking about an adventure. I do have something that does relate slightly. Today's show concerns a pivotal role of women in aviation. And I don't know if I ever mentioned this to you, but my grandmother, one of my grandmothers, uh, was actually a pilot or trained as one in World War II. I did not know that, Ben. It's a true story, Noel. It's a true story. Uh, she was a teacher, and in the part of the world where she resided, one of the local programs that the government was supporting was to train teachers, some teachers, to be pilots in World War II. I don't think she ever shot anyone out of the sky. No, that's that's okay. I mean, she, you can still be a badass and not have any kills under your belt. I mean, being a pilot in any kind of war situation is got to be absolutely harrowing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even comparing World War II to the modern day, the planes are just so much more dangerous and a dogfight is kind of like a knife fight. You know, I, I don't know if you guys have ever, Casey, have you ever been in a knife fight that you'd be willing to talk about on air? Uh, none that I'm willing to disclose on air. That's, uh, yeah. Not even in your private life as LaBouche? 
Well, like I said, that that I'm willing to disclose on air. So you can think what you want to think. But you know, you know what they say though, you guys. They say never bring a knife to a dog fight. That is true. Or a dog to a knife fight because that would just be cruel. Yeah, that's that's uh, no good. No, it's definitely no good. Casey on the case. Speaking of which, I am absolutely thrilled to be wearing uh, one of our patented Casey on the Case t-shirts right now, featuring a delightful photo of young Casey Pegram in his Macy's catalog uh, modeling days. Yeah, like Macy's or JCPenney one or of one of those, yeah. You can get one for yourself by going to tpublic.com slash ridiculous history where we have an assortment of fine uh, garments or mouse pads or what have you available. Perhaps uh, an Upton's ad, if anybody remembers Upton's. Upton's? Yeah. Was that like I a, remember Upton's. It's Upton's? a department store similar to Dillard's or Macy's. Yeah, it's just another one of those anchor stores at the mall, mm-hmm. but I think they went away. Also, uh, also for anyone who's thinking, oh, man, I would love a shirt like that. Why don't I have one right now? Don't worry, folks. I'm thinking the same thing. I, I got a little snake, so I'm going to have to find one for myself. I'm right there with you. Today's story, the protagonist of today's story, deserve uh, T-shirts all their own at the very least. Our story does take place in World War II. It does not take place in the U.S. It takes place in the Nazi-occupied Soviet Union where German soldiers had a very real and very profound fear of witches, but maybe not the kind of witches you might automatically imagine, right? Well, no, maybe not, but it certainly was maybe tying into kind of a cultural fear. Uh, you know, witches loomed large in German culture, right? Hansel and Gretel, uh, surely others, you know? Germans are notoriously afraid of witches. Everybody knows that. But you're right. They were afraid of a very particular type of witches who were members of the all-female Night Bomber Regiment, uh, which was part of the Soviet Air Forces. And these women um, flew over 30,000 missions over the course of three years, dropped 23,000 tons of bombs on the Nazis, um, and they did all of their flights under the cover of night, earning Mm. them— the nickname, the Night Witches. And this name did not arrive entirely because of the time during which they chose to to make these bomb runs. It also came about because of their approach. They were very difficult to detect because they used a very dangerous strategy. Their planes were made of plywood and canvas. And the best way that the German soldiers could know there was a night witch in the area or scouting them out was they would hear the soft whoosh of a plywood and canvas plane. So it's it's literally like someone silently flying and then uh, hearing a whoosh followed by a cavalcade of explosions. So each of these planes had a pilot and a navigator, all female. Let's Let's talk a little bit about how they came to be. So June of 2019 marks the 77th anniversary of the beginning of the Night Witches. And there's a lot of context that pours into this because in June of 1941, Axis powers pushed into the USSR using the largest invading force in the history of war. Not the history of Russian war, not the history of European war, the history of human war. That's like saying the history of the world. Exactly, exactly. For example, the infamous Operation Barbarossa saw about 4 million troops invade Russia from the West and And 
because of this operation, Russian leaders began to worry that Moscow itself might be overtaken. Yeah, it's true. And this was, in fact, one of the most bloody and violent, terrible military actions considered atrocities, uh, known for its atrocities in World War II. Um, these atrocities were perpetrated against the Russians by the Nazis. And the soldiers, the male soldiers of the Soviet Union, were heading up the front lines when the forces uh, from the Axis powers invaded and overtook the capital of Russia. Right. World War II losses of the Soviet Union from all related causes were about 27 million people. And that's a that's a ballpark estimate, counting civilian and military. I mean, they were essentially treated like cannon fodder, right? They were treated as utterly expendable by the Allied forces, right? Right. So the USSR had several big things going for it in World War II. One, the terrain is notoriously notoriously dangerous and inhospitable. And second, they had a lot of manpower. So the idea was maybe they could overwhelm opponents through uh, the sheer force of numbers alone. But this really, this is where we get into things like scorched earth strategies, the the kind of mentality that says, I will, I, like, it's sort of like what's similar to the people in Fukushima or Chernobyl who killed themselves, committed suicide to save the the greater population. These people are fighting for what they see as the greater good. Everyone is involved. No one is not at war in Russia at this time. And from the very beginning of the USSR involvement in the war, there is already an active female Soviet pilot. You may have heard her called the Russian Amelia Earhart. Her name is Colonel Marina Raskova. And while she was an active pilot, she started receiving letters from women all across Russia who said, look, I want to join the war. I want to help any way I can. Let's fight these Nazis. Let's get these Germans off our land. And many of them would say, you know, I work as in a support role, right? Like I work at a factory making armaments or I work at a hospital or something, but I want to be on the front lines. They didn't end up being quite on the front lines because those male Soviet soldiers we talked about who were on the front lines were getting creamed. So the uh, Red Army um, commanders were absolutely desperate and needed something to help turn the tide of battle. So, in October of 1941, Stalin himself um, posted Raskova to head up an all-female squadron, uh, air squadron to be specific. And this is a historical thing because this was the only air squadron that was, uh, according to records, all-female. And it was the 588th Night Bomber Regiment. And the pilots weren't the only women in the regiment, everyone in the 588th was female, from the pilots to the commanders to the mechanics. That's right. So this team began to assemble in 1942. Their ages ranged from 17 to 26 years old, and they uh, took up uh, residence in a small village by the name of Ingalls, where they started training. Um, Raskova personally 
headed up this training, and she did not take any uh, any crap from from anybody. She was a very hard nosed instructor and commander. Yes, uh, there's a great article about this called "The Little Known Story of the Night Witches: An All Female Force in World War II," published in Vanity Fair as well as Atlas Obscura by author Eric Grundhauser. And in this, he depicts the way that Raskova immediately immersed her trainees into the program. They had to shave their heads, right? They had to wear size 42 boots. Supply chain issues were already in full effect at this time in Russia's military history. So they didn't have custom uniforms. They had to wear these bulky, ill-fitting uniforms that were made for dude soldiers. And one of the pilots said it was it was kind of a rough landing for her on the first day. She said, we didn't recognize ourselves in the mirror. We saw boys there. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And the problems with adjusting to the pre-existing supplies didn't stop with the uniforms, unfortunately. It continued on to the planes. They were flying these planes called Polikarpov PO2s. These are two-seated, open-cockpit biplanes <laughs> These are the plywood ones I was mentioning earlier with the canvas stretched over them. They have absolutely no armor. They're already obsolete by the 40s. These are the kind of things that really incentivize you to fly quietly and in a sneaky way because one shot and boom, you're gone. Kind of like my old uh, Saturn SC car I had. Yeah. Wrap that one around a tree. Really? Yeah. Are you okay? No. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fair. These are probably unrelated though, right? 
These are unrelated. This had nothing to do with World War II. That's fair. Now, Ben, remember the Red Baron? Yes. Was, was, he, was he exclusively a Peanuts character, or was that actually a historical fighter pilot? Guy makes great pizza. That's also true. But seriously, I really don't know. Oh, uh, the red, about, no, I do not. I mean, there's coy. pepperoni. No, the Red Baron. He was a he was a Prussian fighter pilot. Um, the idea of a plane being made of uh, wood and canvas mm-hmm. is unusual, but it wasn't that unusual, right? Because this was like cheap material. It was lightweight. Again, it was quiet. Right, exactly. And in previous conflicts, something like this, this style of biplane aircraft would have been fine. It's just so many years had passed, and there was already uh, better technology out there. These planes were also pretty slow. And because they had a slower stall speed than the standard German fighters at the time, it made it tough for the Axis or the German forces to actually shoot them. It's kind of like when there are two cars racing, and one of them maybe, let's say, is a truck with a big block engine and it can pick up speed, but once it gets up to a high speed, it has a tough time slowing down. So what would have ordinarily been a disadvantage for these aircraft actually made them tougher to hit. Also, again, these are exposed cockpits, and this is Russia. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can only imagine. Again, that's why I picture the Red Baron. There's also a detail about these planes that uh, did not give them a particularly good advantage. They had to fly pretty low, which would make sense for them to be flying at night. Mm -hmm. Um, But, gosh, during a regular dogfight during the day, it seems very, very challenging. You'd be kind of like a sitting duck. Um, Mm -hmm. But here's a question, too, Ben. These open cockpits, like, they they wore some kind of, like, protection over their faces, right, to keep them from— yeah. Sure, goggles, goggles and, and probably the probably the whole nine, the leather, the leather cap, cap little skull the, cap thing, right? With, with the strap that you would buckle under your chin. Yeah, I would imagine so. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. The women of the 588th were unthwarted. They were absolutely uh, ready to go and do whatever it took to pitch into the war effort. So uh, after their first bombing run, which took place on June 1942, they absolutely— not obliterated, but definitely slowed down the Nazi forces with these overnight bombing runs um, and continued till the end of the war. Yeah, yeah. At their height, so it started first bombing at June 8th, 1942, and at the height of their strength, they had 42-person crews, each which were flying, get this, multiple runs as soon as the sun set. The record would be like 18 runs a night. Why would you make... 18 incredibly dangerous bombing runs, you may ask. It's because the planes could only carry six bombs at a time. So as soon as they dropped those six, provided they survived, they flew back, got another six bombs, and then flew back again. This meant that there was also a tightly controlled weight limit. That's part of why they flew at lower altitudes, but that's also the reason they could not bring parachutes. Jeez, that is is pretty bold. And using that cover of night was crucial. There was no way around it. Um, The three planes would leave at one time, and then two would uh, kind of act as almost uh, decoys, or they would uh, Mm -hmm. draw fire, enemy fire, and then the last one would would do the bomb run. And they also had to, like, Prius-style, like, kill their engines so that they they would just glide over it before they dropped their— their payload. And then start the engine again. And then start the engine and get out of there. I mean, absolute badassery. Yeah, and there's some PSYOP going on here as well because 
the whooshing sound, we already mentioned that freaked the German soldiers out, but they they are also the source of the name Night Witches. Uh, once they had learned that this was indeed a crew of female combatants and bombers, uh, the misogyny kicked in, and it was even more injurious to them on some level that they were they were getting creamed by female forces instead of Russian dudes. And the Germans started, you know, in, in the fog of war, so much strange speculation thrives. The Germans started saying that the Soviet forces were changing the women somehow, experimenting on them to give them, quote, the night vision of a cat. That's right. The Germans would have uh, referred to them natively as uh, the Nachthexen uh, or, or the night witches. And uh, one of them, Nadezia uh, Popova, I'm going to go with that one. She flew 850 missions, or roughly 850 missions, and she uh, received the title of Hero of the Soviet Union. Um, and in Albert Axel's book, Greatest Russian War Stories, 1941 to 1945, she's quoted as saying, this was nonsense, of course. What we had were clever, educated, very talented girls. Mm. And fighting against this, for some reason, tell me what you think about this, folks. For some reason, this gives me a League of Their Own vibe. Mm-hmm. In a much in a much more uh, dangerous field because they had to deal with fighting a war against ruthless opponents, but they also had to deal with misogyny from people who should have been supporting them. Members of the Soviet military were still very dismissive of the idea of women flying in general, let alone in combat. They wouldn't give these soldiers, these pilots, these mechanics, anyone on the 588th, the credit they deserved at the time. And the inspiring thing here especially for any of us listening who have been in a situation where you have to confront institutionalized misogyny, uh, these women doubled down. They didn't care. They were not cowed. They did not say, oh, no, let's let the dudes fly the planes or whatever. They said, yes, we're women, we're pilots, we're killers, we do what we want, and if you have a tough time with it, go pout somewhere else. Yeah, but unfortunately, the the brass— you know, the Russian military brass weren't super kind to to these women. And I think there was even like a uh, incentive in the, among the Germans too to uh, any to give a, a an iron cross, which I think was one of the highest um, awards you can get in the German army if you shot down one of these women. So they were hated on both sides, which is kind of a kind of a rough situation to be in. Mm-hmm. Fortunately. While the wheels of justice grind slow, they grind exceedingly fine, and the members of the Night Witches were eventually recognized, such as the example you had mentioned earlier, Noel Popova, who got the title of Hero of the Soviet Union and the multiple medals. By the end of World War II, the 588th had flown around 30,000 bombing raids, which translates to 23,000 tons of explosives or munitions. They also lost a lot of people. They lost 30 pilots during the war, which is an unbelievably low number when you consider what those planes were made of, their technical constraints, 
and the fact that these people were often using the same strategy repeatedly, not over the course of the war, but sometimes as much as 18 times a night. You know what I mean? Like how many times, if you're in charge of the searchlight on the German side, how many times do you fall for that two planes fly in opposite directions without checking where the bombs are coming from, you know? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, they weren't even given their own sized uniforms. Mm-hmm. They had to take kind of tattered hand-me-downs from other soldiers who I don't know if they had, like, died or what, but that'd be pretty morbid. Uh, but no, they, they were absolutely treated like second-class citizens. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. The big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You know, this is, this reminds me of something. Have you seen that video that uh, compares men's soccer and women's soccer? And it's like um, a scene from American Sniper where it's uh, Bradley Cooper as the sniper. And it shows him like, you know, cocking back the gun and like looking through the scope. And then you see him shooting at a male soccer player and they fall down and like Ooh. grab their knees and start like cringing and crying. Because apparently in uh, male soccer, um, dudes are just always taking dives because it's yeah. like it gives them an edge or they are able to get like penalty. I don't know. I'm not because unless, guy. unless the referee absolutely sees what happened, they can't say you're faking. There you go. It is technically, I think, and someone, someone tell us more about this. I believe it's technically on the books illegal to do that, but it's very tough to prove it. Well, there's lots of footage of it. And then uh, compare that with footage of women's soccer where they literally stand up and spit their teeth out and just keep, you know, marching forward. Um, there is absolutely an element to that in this story. Uh, so Popova, who we spoke about earlier in an article from The Atlantic, there's a great, great quote from her talking about walking away from a bombing raid with 42 bullet holes in her little wooden plane. You would think that would have just shredded the thing, Ben. Like, I mean, God, to, to take a hit like that in the air in a plane made of wood and like canvas, mm-hmm. that is just absolutely terrifying. 
I can't imagine uh, having that level of bravery. Right. And let's also consider how young a lot of these people were. They were not experienced soldiers. They were ranging in age from 17 to 26. And many of us who have had military service in the background may say, well, I've met some people in their mid-20s who unfortunately have a ton of a very, very harrowing experience fighting domestically or in abroad. That's true. But at this time, in 1941, until Stalin gave these orders, no other nation officially allowed women to engage in combat. Previously, women could help transfer planes and ammunition, after which they would say, all right, it's time for the boys to take over or whatever. And when when the Night Witches did this, again, we cannot overemphasize how it was a crappy gig. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a crappy it was. gig. They didn't even get things like radar, guns, and radios. They had to use rulers, stopwatches, flashlights, pencils. Well, and, and you know, and not to poo-poo the Soviet Union or anything too much. That's not what we're here to do. But if you have read about the story of Chernobyl, uh, you realize that a lot of the equipment that the folks had were, was, were substandard. Um, they didn't have enough radiation suits. They didn't have meters that even reached the levels of contamination mm-hmm. that were present in some of these situations. So that seems to be sort of a legacy thing, uh, having, you know, kind of substandard equipment. Yes. Oh, and I want to clarify there, when we said six bombs apiece, that's six bombs per raid, not six bombs per plane. The planes could each only carry two bombs at a time, one under each wing. So when three planes flew out, that was a total of six bombs they could drop while the other two members of the flight or the raid <laughs> were running uh, running scrimmage or making a distraction there. They also had – this was really cool. This is something I couldn't find in full yet, and I'd love to hear if someone else has found this. The commandments? Uh Uh-huh, the 12 commandments of the night, which is the one that we found. And the first one was be proud that you are a woman. Uh, There are 11 others, (laughs) and we've got got to find them. The last flight of the night, which took place – Around May 4th, 1945, at this time, they flew within 37 miles or 60 kilometers to everybody in any country other than what, the U.S., Namibia, and Myanmar. Uh, they, they got 37 miles or 60 kilometers close to Berlin, and this was three days before Germany officially surrendered. We do know that the Germans had two theories about why these women were successful. Spoiler alert, neither of those theories have anything to do with their ability as pilots or as professionals. The first theory is that they have been given these special injections and experiments that turned them into uh, people with supervision. And the second was that they were all criminals who were masters at stealing like the idea of the Russian thief-in-law, and had been sent to the front line as punishment. So they were conscripted, hardcore criminals. That's the only way they could get away with these cunning, brazen acts. And during that really pretty brief uh, four-year period, 41 to 45, the night witches operated, they lost 30 pilots, and then the 23 pilots, not all of them, but 23 of the remaining pilots, including Popova, who we talked about earlier, were given that uh, very high honor of heroes of the Soviet Union. Interestingly enough, the squad was never disbanded. 
Um, and it actually just was given a new name and continued on. And it was called the much less intriguing sounding 46th Taman Guards Night Bomber Aviation Regiment. Um, which uh, continued to be a mainstay in the Soviet Union's uh, mixed-gender forces. And we should also mention that they weren't just raining death. They also performed 155 supply drops of food and ammo to Soviet forces. And here's here's one of the last facts I found. Let's file this under under that's a kicker. Despite being the most highly decorated unit in the Soviet Air Force during the war, after after they were disbanded and became part of this other grouping, there was this big Victory Day parade in Moscow, and the night witches were not included because, according to the management, their planes were too slow. But that's like the whole point, man. That's not their fault. I know. They were forced to use those planes. They maybe, were given the leftovers. Maybe they should have had the parade at night. I don't know. Seriously. To keep it on brand. Aren't parades pretty slow usually, though? I mean, I don't see how that would be a detractor. Yeah, I don't know. I've never I've never organized a Victory Day parade after a war. Although I do want to go to New Orleans and hire my own parade. Do you know you could do that? I told you that, right? No, what? Yeah, I'm going to – next time I'm in New Orleans, I think uh, parade prices are incredibly reasonable in New Orleans. And you can, especially in the off-season, you can pay a group of people a not particularly princely sum and they'll just do a parade for you. How much are we talking? A few hundred, yeah. And does this include floats? Uh, no, this would be – I think when we're talking a few hundred, we're talking about just the musicians. Oh, okay. Which I think is great. Oh, that like a second line parade. It feels like a better parade. Got yeah. it. That would be a lot more fun. I don't, I don't need a float that's in the shape of my giant head. No, no. Custom floats, you're getting into Mardi Gras territory. I don't know. What about, Casey, would you, uh, would you ever have a parade? Would you ever purchase a parade for yourself? No, definitely not. For someone else then? Yeah, maybe for somebody else. If they did something <laughs> really, really special, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Casey on the case. I am going to embarrass the hell out of you when we get to New Orleans, Casey. Just forget about it and act surprised later. Will do. I think that's all we got for today, right, Ben? Yeah, yes. So ends our tale of the heroic night witches, one of the chapters of World War II history that I, I think is very familiar to a lot of our Russian listeners, but maybe news to some of us in the West. We want to hear your stories of other World War II heroes or strange tales that you think your fellow listeners would enjoy. You can find us on Facebook at Ridiculous Historians. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, and if you want to find us individually on Instagram, I hang out with my kid and occasionally travel, mainly domestically, but um, I'm hoping to get out of the country one of these days, too, so I can match Ben's sick Instagram adventures. But my slightly more underwhelming adventures are at How Now Noel Brown. I think you're beating yourself up there a little bit, Noel. And it's a thing I do. Circumstances will probably find uh, find both of us overseas sooner than you think. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me getting kicked into and out of various places at Ben Bolin, named in what I would only describe as a burst of creativity. But hey, guys, you might be saying, I, I don't really like the social meads. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, those aren't my cup of vodka or cup of meads there we go uh but i i do have an email i got around to that so can i just contact you guys that way we have good news for you you can email us directly we are 
Ridiculous at iHeartRadio.com. Big thanks to our super producer, Casey Pegram, as always, Alex Williams, who composed our theme, Christopher Hasiotis, friend of the show, friend inside of our hearts. Uh, Gabe Luzier, uh, also Eve's Jeff Coat, who will be on our show pretty soon, spoiler alert. And uh, and we, we'd like to welcome Ryan Barish. Welcome to the family, Ryan Barish, who will be helping us with some research moving forward. See you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com.